Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. Let me share you an, an email I have. Uh, Jeff, I live less than 10 blocks from this mayhem going on in Kenosha. Kenosha protests were quiet until once again dozens of vehicles with license plates covered came into the area from north and south. These agitators make no bones about what they're there for. They park their vehicles, they open their trucks, they get in tactical gear and in many cases bulletproof vests, put headgear on, grab backpacks with baseball bats, bricks and other things to throw at police. More and more openly armed citizens were in attendance last night as well. In short, the residents have had enough. Kenosha businesses are hiring small militia groups to protect their properties. Other groups of citizens are coming downtown armed and organizing themselves as to who will protect what. I have a family member who works for the Sheriff's Department who was told yesterday the Trump administration had reached out to both the sheriff and the Kenosha police chief saying federal help was ready, but the governor has refused to help in fear that it will make the Trump administration look good before the election. All right, and it, it goes on. If you haven't been following the story, another night of extreme violence, two people dead, one person seriously injured. Apparently, again, what happened is last night you had you had protests, started out peacefully, and then, as has typically happened, evolved into more of the rioting and the looting and the arson and the destruction that we saw two nights ago. This time, you apparently had a number of people who were there to counter the protesters, including people who came armed with weapons, a citizen's militia. And it certainly appears that um, the member of the citizen's militia shot and killed two, two people. That's what it looks like. There haven't been any arrests made yet. But, but you had this night of violence, uh, again, because the authorities let it get out of control. They, they didn't aggressively enforce a curfew. You had people that were, again, engaging in the sort of misconduct that they engaged in two nights ago. In this case, you had other people who showed up with guns for the sake of, I mean, for God's sake. They, they show up with guns, and, and they're brandishing those guns, and one guy starts shooting. All right, so you have this ongoing nightmare there with the idea that civilian authorities have completely and totally lost control. Meanwhile, you have this city that is literally burning. The the governor has sent National Guardsmen, but way fewer than the that people had requested down in Kenosha. And the mission of the National Guardsmen has been very, very unclear. If you look at the pictures last night, they're, they're behind they're behind a fence. You know, the governor said, well, I'm going to send National Guardsmen, but I'm specifically instructing them don't do anything to affect the First Amendment protest rights of people. OK, well, what, what, what does that mean? And now civilian authorities, the county board is saying, hey, you know, Governor Evers, forget about the 125 or the 200 what we we want we want 1500 people here we want to restore order you cannot allow our city to continue to burn and what the governor does with that is unknown meanwhile out in madison you have more of this destruction going on as well as these protests 
have now again turned violent. No deaths, thank goodness, in Madison. But again, the ongoing property destruction that continues to occur. And you've got the protesters saying, we're going to continue to do this. We're, we're, we're going to be here unless you give us control over the police department, which just is not going to happen. Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Yesterday, I had a caller who, who defended and explained the actions of the rioters and the arsonists by saying, well, it's collateral damage. You know, you had the, the people were unhappy with the police shooting, so it's on the police that you have people that are going out and burning down buildings and things like that. Now, I completely and totally re- reject that. You know, we are a country of laws. And if you have a legitimate, if you have a dispute, if you think that something's not occurring that serves justice, well, you know, you, you have every right to agitate for that. You have every right to, you know, throw out the officials that aren't doing what you what you want. But you don't have a right to go and burn down buildings. Similarly, you, you don't have a right to show up in an area carrying guns and and start shooting people. But this has been inevitable. And, and I'm afraid unless authorities get a handle on this and, and recognize that you can't allow civilian militias to start wandering around with guns and shooting people, and you can't allow people to start running into private property and trying to firebomb bomb car dealerships and things of the like. A- until you get a handle on this, you're, you're going to have all these things going on. And it's all unacceptable. You cannot allow in a civilized society this stuff to go on. And, and candidly, they should have had... They should have had a thousand National Guardsmen in Kenosha yesterday to put a stop to this. And if that means making mass arrests of people, you make mass arrests of people. And I'm talking about the protesters that are ignoring the curfew and are throwing bricks at the police officers. And I'm talking about people who are wandering the streets brandishing long rifles. You've got to get control of this. And at least right now, I'm not sure... I'm not sure that civilian law enforcement and the governor appreciates how bad this problem is. 855-616-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. At this point in time, I think it's way overdue for a massive show of force, whether it's lots of police officers, whether it's the National Guard who will operate and assist with the police officers in bringing things under control, enforcing curfews, arresting people who are throwing firebombs or who are brandishing firearms in menacing fashions or who are throwing bricks at police, at some point in time, don't you have to say enough is enough? Some people are urging cooler heads to prevail, including the family of the man who was shot by the police a couple days ago, but it doesn't appear that there's at least a at least a portion of the people that are showing up in Kenosha, they don't want to hear that message. And until you get control of that portion of the protesters, anarchists, rioters, and responders to the protesters, anarchists, and rioters, you're, you're going to have this stuff go on. How many more people need to die before we recognize we got to get control of this? 855-616-1620. We discuss in a moment. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And, and look, before... Before people go too far in trying to defend the civilian militias, these people showing up with the, uh, with the, with the long guns and the bulletproof vests and things like that, you, you, you gotta be consistent. Remember, 
week or so ago when you had the protesters in Wauwatosa that go out to vandalize the home of the of the of the of the Wauwatosa Police Department and somebody brings a shotgun that ends up you know they, they fire off a round and I think you know we were all universally condemning that and my position was you know you don't you don't bring shotguns to peaceful protests period well at the same time you know when when you have these groups um self-proclaimed militia vigilantes showing up again at scenes of protest armed in the fashion they are they're, they're looking for trouble and, and and yesterday that's what ended up happening it it needs to be brought under control and I, I don't I'm not going to I'm not going to make apologies for any of these different groups. I'm just saying civilian authorities got to get control of this. And I will tell you, these vigilantes and I'm getting a number of texts that are making this point the, these armed vigilantes, the so-called militias that, that show up with the idea that they're going to do what maybe law enforcement should have done, which is restrain the rioters and, and start arresting people who are throwing firebombs. The fact that they show up, that, that that's every law enforcement officer's nightmare because you have things like happened apparently last night. 855-616-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And this starts with the governor. There should have been a massive show of, of police slash National Guard force last night to stop this from escalating and people in Kenosha are begging the governor to help out they're begging the governor to help out and for whatever reason so far the governor is leaving Kenosha in the lurch let's Push start with Jeff up. Jeff in Muskego Jeff you're on WTMJ Jeff? Right. Jeff yeah hi um, just talking about this you know the thing is, is, you know, this has been going on for such a long time. It should have been nipped in the butt a long time ago. But a lot of these protesters are from out of state. Yep. They're probably 75% of them. Why aren't they arresting? You know, we're, we're, we don't have the police force to take care of it. We finally got the guard in there. I have people that live in Kenosha, and they're afraid to leave their house. But this is, it's gotten way out of hand. Yeah. We have to start arresting them. The other thing, too, is... We need to put something down where if you resist, you get a year in jail. None of this is going to happen anymore. Well, I mean, you, we, people, I mean, right. I mean, no, I, I understand what you're saying, Jeff. No, thank, I understand what, what you're saying. You know, the the the, the law abiding citizens of, of Kenosha, regardless of race, they're they're, they're trapped in their homes right now. And I, I understand there was a matter of fact, there was a columnist for the local newspaper who said, oh, wait, essentially, what, what's the what's the big deal about burning people's businesses and breaking windows? That's it's just stuff. It can be replaced. And, and to me, that that demonstrates just this tragic cluelessness. And, and and nobody, at least certainly not me, is is defending what looks like. And again, I'm we're waiting for the results of the investigation, but it, it's difficult to look at some of those videos and to be able to justify what happened on Sunday okay with the police shooting I, I accept that and if if there was a crime committed all right then you need to bring that person to justice but in no way shape or form does that justify the response which was the rioting the looting the again arson that goes on and now you see the flip side now you see people who are responding to the rioters and the looters because the civilian authorities have lost control you cannot allow civilian authorities to lose control and i think you're right jeff the reports are you you have a lot of people out what i'm going to call outside ad 
agitators coming into Kenosha with express idea of trying to cause trouble to, you know, bring this to this community. And you're talking about a smaller community where this isn't Portland. This isn't Seattle. It's not Chicago. It's not Milwaukee. It's not Madison. So I understand you have the police officers who especially initially were overwhelmed by this, which is all the more reason why the governor needed to get a handle on this early on and, and apparently he, he didn't and again I, there, it seems to me in this case everybody's wrong i mean i'm not going to defend the civilian militias i'm not going to defend the arsonists and the looters you've got to get control somebody needs to stand up for the law-abiding citizens let's talk to john on the north side john you're on wtmj good afternoon yes good afternoon yes that's the reason for you know all this uh, looting and John, I need you to turn down. John, I need you. John, I need you to turn down your radio because you're you're hearing a seven okay. seconds later. Sure, oh. no, no problem. Okay, I got it. Got it. Okay. Uh, what Go I'm ahead. saying is that what I'm saying is that no, they shouldn't be breaking windows and looting. You know, and when you find these these people that's from out of town, I think this, it should be a stricter law on them for even being in Wisconsin. I mean, why are you here? Yeah. You know, I'm, you're I'm here just, to cause trouble. And, and then. And, it, right, it, and then and then and then where you know where are all of the black cops? I I, I really I, I got a problem with that too. We don't have any black police officers, even if they call the national guards in. They must be all white. You know, I, I mean, there, there, there should be some yeah. incentive. That, you know, I, I'm sure some black people out there, young people that need jobs, mm-hmm. and I I just feel like they should you know that that they should hire more uh, more black people. You know, yeah. uh, to, to handle and maybe they can deal with it better than. Maybe a white person could. Now you shoot a guy in the back like that guy done. Yep. That, that is that that is really ridiculous. No, it's, and, it's more than ridiculous. You know, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. What, I don't know. I, I I don't know what other kind of tape that they could show that would justify that. No, we I, didn't see no gun. We didn't see no knife. The guy is running away from the, the, yeah. away from trouble. How do you shoot a guy in the back eight, uh, eight times and seven times? I got a real, you know. I mean, I have a uh, you know a concealed and carry. I never think about even taking a gun out and shooting somebody. I'd run from them before I do that. You know, well, I mean, I, mean I, I don't really. No, John, I think know, a lot of us really are with you. No, no, thanks. For Look, don't, don't give up. I think a lot of us, a lot of people are with you. Now, I, I understand I got I got jumped on, figuratively speaking, yesterday because I, I, I was saying some of the same things that you were saying. That I just, as a former prosecutor, you want to wait for all the facts, but it, it's difficult for me to understand how that's going to come out to be a justifiable shooting. And, and that, that's what I'll say on that. At the same time, though, then you, you got to let the system work. You you can't then have people say, okay, we're going to use this as an excuse to go try to burn down a, a city. And I'm with you. I think when you look at when you look at what's going on, this was there's a lot of people who are not from Kenosha coming in and creating a lot of these problems, trying to ratchet up the response, burn down the city. Because again, I don't I don't care what you're I don't care whether you're white or black or brown or whatever. Who who wants to burn down the city that you live in? How do you make the community better? If you're burning down the family dollar store that serves as the principal supermarket or, or grocery store for, you know, a, a large, you know, part of a part of this community, how do you make the community better by going and, and burning down 
furniture stores or firebombing car dealerships. It, it doesn't happen. And then again, you, you've got then you've got the response where you have people say, okay, well, the government can't control this. The government's not willing to control this. Tony Evers is appropriately outraged by you know what he sees in the shooting, but doesn't appear to be anywhere near as outraged by the violence and the vandalism and the arsons and the lootings. And, and so then people say, okay, well, we, we've got to take the law into our own hands, which is a, an appalling attitude to take. And next thing you know, you have people that are dead. You have things that are getting worse, not better. And the only way to stop it is to stop it. Well, the only way you stop it is by, yes, having a sufficient show of force so that you are able to control and then arrest the people. You throw a brick at a cop, you deserve to be arrested, period. You throw a firebomb at a building, you deserve to be arrested and prosecuted. You take a shot at a protester, you deserve to be arrested and prosecuted. But that that's what's got to start happening. You've got to get that city under control. What don't people understand? Back with more in just a minute. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. All right, so the breaking news is, after apparently initially rejecting offers of federal assistance, Governor Evers has changed his mind, and there will be federal enforcement coming to Chicago, to Chicago, to Kenosha. We don't know how many people that will be. Um, Here's the deal, though, and and the question is, what, what should we be doing? What do we want these law enforcement people or the National Guard to be doing? Because, for example, I, I'm looking at Governor Evers' order from yesterday, authorizing the state of emergency and sending the National Guard in. Here's what he says. He says, the National Guard may not be used to impede the ability of people to peacefully protest or impede the ability of the media to report on the situation. The governor has ordered into state active duty members of the Wisconsin National Guard deemed necessary to support local law enforcement and first responders in Kenosha. Any guard members called to active duty may only be used to provide support to local law enforcement and to protect critical infrastructure and cultural institutions necessary for the well-being of the community and to provide support for first responders such as the Kenosha Fire Department. So it appears that the limitations, at least initially put on by the governor, were, all right, if you've got people that are burning down a, a building, and you've got the firefighters who are going out to try to put out the building, the National Guard can go with them to protect the firefighters. But as far as stopping or helping stop the people from burning the building in the first place, well, no, we we don't want them doing that. All right, so our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Right, what, what do we want to see the National Guard do? What do we want to see Homeland Security people do? My argument would be, It's time to enforce the the curfews, which is if you put this curfew on, all right, and we say, okay, nothing on the streets after 8 o'clock at night, then you you say to people, all right, here's what's got to happen. The curfew is in place. You've got to leave the streets, and you give people notice, and if they don't leave, well, that's when you start making arrests. And if you need the National Guard or federal authorities to help do that, you, you, you enforce the orders that you have put in place. And hopefully, hopefully cooler heads will prevail. And like I say, my guess is if you start doing this, what's going to happen is a lot of the people who are there for the legitimate protest, they're, they're going to go home. And at the end of the day, what you're going to be left 
left with is you're going to be left with the outside agitators. You're going to be left with the terrorists. You're going to be left with the arsonists. And then you, you deal with those people and you deal with them by, in this case, I guess, a- arresting them and hopefully prosecuting them. And at the same time, all right, if you've got these citizen militias, people showing up with long guns and whatever, and they're there after the curfew, well, you do the same thing for them. You get control of this situation and you set, you send a message to everybody that we're not going to allow people to burn down the city and we're not going to allow people to shoot other people um, as a, using the justification that we, we don't want to have the city burned down. I mean, you, you can't allow vigilantes to run the streets and, and shoot people and you can't allow people to be on the streets throwing bricks at police officers. Uh, the question is, do we have the guts to do that? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Jeff, I live in Kenosha. My business is in Kenosha. If it was up to me, I want to... A thousand plus feds have them armed, lock down the city. I'm fine with a week of martial law to get this stopped. Otherwise, I won't have a city to raise my kids in. Jeff, why send out the National Guard if you're not going to use them? Yeah, and I think that's the question that a lot of people were asking yesterday. What what was the mission of the National Guard? The National Guard, first of all, they didn't send out anywhere near as many troops as they needed to. And secondly, they, they, they tied their hands. Well, don't do anything to interfere with, with protests at, at, at all, any sort of legitimate protest. Well, okay, if you, how do you, how do you make that determination? If you've got four people who are screaming loud, uh, you know, obscenities at the police and three others who are getting ready to throw water bottles at them, okay, well, you know, we, we don't want you to interfere with the rights of the people who have the First Amendment rights to scream the obscenities at the police. I mean, at some point in time, it almost gets absurd. You have to have a mission. And I think what I'm being told is it was very clear that there was not much of a defined mission um, the last two nights with the National Guard. Hopefully that will improve. And I guess my idea would be, all right, cooler heads need to prevail. You've got to clear the streets. And I'm not just talking about, again, the people with the Molotov cocktails and throwing bricks at the cops. I'm talking about the the citizen militias that are showing up with rifles and all. You've got to get control of this. And if people are told to leave and they're violating the curfews, well, then you need to make them leave. And if that means making arrests, that that that's it. And if if people get upset that they're getting arrested, we've seen what happened with appeasement. Madison has been having nothing but problems as well because they haven't wanted to aggressively con- ag- aggressively confront not the people who are there marching and engaging in the legitimate protest, but the looters, the arsonists. They've just essentially said, okay, well, we don't want to make these people mad. Hopefully we'll go away. Well, that's what's been going on in Portland for the last couple months, and it's not getting any better there. 855-616-1620. Let's talk to Mike on the northwest side. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Hi, uh, good afternoon, Jeff. Hey, my thoughts are that uh, these people got to get arrested. Uh, tase them and restrain them and send them to jail. You can send them to jail in county buses that haven't been burned down yet. And uh, anyone else that's getting arrested, have the other enforcement people have a perimeter around that person that's doing the arresting, and anyone interferes gets arrested too. It's the only where you're going to get 
through this and get this done with. You know, get them off the streets, get them out of here, right. get them well, the hell out of here. Well, exactly. No, thanks. For, and, and and be aggressive about. And 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 that's it. I mean, some people are texting in saying, "Wait a second, if if you've got cars that are showing up with license plates blacked out and and, and being parked ten blocks away, why aren't they being towed?" I agree with that. I mean, I, that that that's that's kind of it. At, the, at this point in time, you know, if if you've got cars that again the, the license plates are off or there's clearly efforts to conceal the identity of the owners that you bring in the tow trucks you start hauling those you start hauling those things away you need to be aggressive in this i i mentioned this yesterday i'm reading this book right now it's called may day 1971 and and it's about the, the giant anti-war protests that were launched in washington dc in around may of 1971 and it's it's interesting because it's written from the perspective of the nixon administration and the perspective of a lot of the protesters and things like that and, and it's interesting just to kind of look at all the different mistakes that were made and the miscalculations that were made. And I understand you don't want law enforcement to escalate a, a situation. You, you don't want that to end up happening. At the same time, though, what you need to do is you, you need to get control of the streets. Let's talk to uh, Gianni in Montello. Gianni, you're on WTMJ. Uh, yeah, hello, Jeff. Uh, uh, very, very good topic that we're discussing this. Hey, listen, um, I grew up in rural Lyons, Wisconsin, uh, and we, we attended a Lutheran church, and it was like Mayberry. But I would go to we would go to Kenosha. My sister went to school there, uh, w- went fishing on the breakwater. I never thought in my my wildest nightmares that that Kenosha would be burning, and I would be seeing these images of people throwing bricks and Molotov cocktails um, at, at you know, at, at, at police right. officers, whatever happened to peaceful protest. And, and so what I want from the National Guard and maybe federal troops is you've got to go in there and you've got to have a physical presence. And I'm not saying, with you know, um, locked and loaded with live, live ammunition, but there's got to be a, a, a um, you know, maybe a, a four-figure um, uh, a presence there of, 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 uh, of National Guard troops. We, we have the National Guard. And I, I don't know what it's going to take, but but maybe arrests uh, to 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 get yeah, well, these people to just stop creating this this violence. Well, well, exactly. To our state. No, no, thanks. For, it, 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 exactly. And and maybe it's maybe it's okay if you've got this curfew. Maybe it's setting up checkpoints. And, and I understand this. You don't want to do this type of stuff, and you don't want to think that this is what's going on in America. But if you have people who are coming in from out of Kenosha to act as agitators, and you've got a curfew of eight o'clock at night, you know maybe you start setting up checkpoints. And if you have people that are driving their cars into that area, you you turn them away. And, and you know you start enforcing the, the curfew. Now, all right, let me share another text I have with you. Welcome to my life, Jeff. As usual, you sound gutless. What we need is for people to get out there and take care of our own town. If Evers, the governor, and the Democratic mayors won't take care of this thing, then we need to take care of it ourselves. No, no, no. What what we need is. We, we we don't need civilian militias acting as vigilantes and trying to be judges and juries. We don't need that. And we don't need to allow people to roam the streets vandalizing and looting. We, we are a country of laws. That is the role of the government, which is to get stuff under control. Now, you can make a very, very good argument that, I mean, government has failed in, in that regard for the last two nights. But that's not a justification of saying, you know, every crazy that's got a gun go down to Kenosha and start taking matters into your own hands that that's not what this country is about 
That's why, again, what you need is everybody to dial it back a little bit. You don't need the civilian militias. You don't need the the people who are there with the idea that they're going to try to burn the city down. And and candidly, at least for a little bit, you need cooler heads to prevail. And if people decide to show up with the intention of violating the laws, what they need to do is they need to be met by an aggressive police force and they need to be arrested. And, and yes, maybe the ACLU is going to object that. Oh, my God. Did you see the the other day the ACLU objected to using tear gas? <laughs> OK, well. Fine. I, maybe they should be just as upset about you know, people throwing Molotov cocktails, for goodness sakes, and, and burning down businesses. You have to get control of things. A couple reports are saying that there's, there's, there's convoys that are heading into Kenosha. Well, I mean, good. I, and, and I mean, it's, it's unfortunate that you need to do it, but I, I know you don't want to see more people die. You don't want to see more, um, things be vandalized and again in this case that the man who was shot by police you know his family i'm watching them on television and they are very eloquently saying look this is the 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 man who was shot by the police he would not want this that this is not what he is all about we as the family are asking people to to dial this down do not engage in this don't burn down this city don't do these type of things just you know let cooler heads prevail. And the fact that it's not happening tells me that there are people that, that have, you know, their own agenda who are pushing stuff. And and that's that's not good for anybody. Marcus on the north side. Marcus, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. Another excellent show. Uh, I'm glad you extenuated my comments from yesterday. My, my thought is this. If out of Kenosha that protests start in Milwaukee, do you think that it would be necessary to be proactive to have the National Guard or immediate response to have uh, troops come into Milwaukee if that were to happen, if we were to have that situation occur here, if it starts to spread here? What is your thought and opinion on that? My answer is I hope not. And, you know, Milwaukee is different than Kenosha. Kenosha has a very, very small police department. And Kenosha, I think, was overwhelmed by this. Plus, you have all the, what I believe are like the, I'm going to call the out-of-town agitators that are there. So I think Kenosha is a unique situation. It's different from Milwaukee. I guess the point is, if we got to a point where the police chief and the mayor and the county executive felt that, they could not control stuff happening in Milwaukee, and they asked for it. I think the National Guard should be on the ready, but only if they ask for it. And hopefully that hopefully that won't be the case. I mean, I, I, I'm just I'm, I'm hoping cooler heads prevail in all this, Marcus. Yep. Thank you. Thank all you. Right. Okay. Thanks. I mean, I guess no. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that you just deploy the National Guard in every urban area. And as a matter of fact, I, I think in general, Milwaukee has done a pretty darn good job, with the exception of maybe that first night of the, of, of those protests, of, of keeping things under control. And maybe, maybe that's a tribute to the police response. Maybe it's a tribute to the people that were, you know, leading the protests or, or whatever. Maybe it's a tribute to the fact that you haven't had the, the out of town agitation that have just like taken this thing off and, and veered it off into so many fashions. No, I mean, I don't, I, you, you don't want to see that happen. And I guess my, my hope is if you get aggressive and you finally say, okay, enough is enough, you, you'll, you'll be able to get the stuff under control. Madison has done a lousy job of getting things under control. Um, Kenosha 
done a lousy job of getting stuff under control, at least for the first two nights. Maybe, maybe now we realize that we just can't allow this to go on. And, and I guess that's my hope in all this, that cooler heads end up prevailing. And if that means, all right, a, a presence of National Guard or Homeland Security officials for a few days to calm things down, well, then bring them in. Back for more, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. It is interesting to me that if you read Governor Evers' orders, and, and this I, I shows, I, I think, where his head is at, that, that you know the first thing he mentions in his orders in his statement is, we're going to send in the National Guard, but, but National Guard, you be careful. We don't want you to impede the ability of people to peacefully protest or impede the ability of the media to report on the situation. Okay, I... All right. That's that, that's the principal concern. You, you might want to say, hey, Tony, do you realize what is going on here? Do you see that you have people whose businesses have been there for 40 years? They are being firebombed. Do you see the looting that is going on? And, and I understand it's important not to impede the ability of people to peacefully protest. But there, there's nothing about what's going on in Kenosha. That, that really amounts to peaceful protest, at least beyond a, a certain point. But I, I understand that the, the way we look at things now is, gee, we, we don't want to be on the quote-unquote wrong side of history. We don't want to do anything that's going to be perceived as as standing up and showing that we're standing in the way of some of these social justice movements. But, okay, that, that's all well and good. You can be in support of various social justice movements without also recognizing that as the governor of the state, one of your principal requirements and one of your principal duties is is to maintain the peace and maintain law and, and order. And it will be interesting to see, you know, again, what the mission of the National Guard or if federal law enforcement people are coming in, is it going to be? B, all right, here, we want you to stand behind a a fence um, and just, like, watch buildings be burned. Is it going to be, we want you to work with law enforcement when you see people that are throwing Molotov cocktails to help, for example, law enforcement in apprehending them and making the, the arrests? What exactly is going to be the role? Are you viewing the federal law enforcement and the National Guard as potted plants, or are you going to allow them to actively do things, which again, not talking about impeding the rights of peaceful protest, but if you've got the people throwing the firebombs or the people breaking the windows or, or going in to loot the liquor stores or the cell phone stores or whatever, are, are we going to allow the National Guard to help the police in stopping those people from engaging in their illegal conduct? That That's the overall question, and I guess you, you've... Who knows, because we've seen what's going on in Madison for a while now, and authorities don't appear to have any desire to confront the looters and the terrorists and the arsonists in Madison. Hopefully, the things in Kenosha have now gotten so out of control that people will realize it's time that we say stop for this to this once and for all and let's dial it back for everybody no people civilian militias wandering around with guns and shooting at people no out-of-state or out-of-town agitators throwing molotov cocktails and burning down buildings and and again law enforcement and the national guard and federal authorities and whoever you need to make sure that that happens and that's where i think the majority of people are or or should be at least 
Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. As Melissa was just saying, um, any moment now, there is going to be a press conference. It's held at the Kenosha County Sheriff's Department. Sheriff David Beth, he's going to be joined by the Kenosha Police Chief and also the Kenosha County Executive and the Mayor of Kenosha should be starting any moment now, and we will bring it to you. Um, as Melissa has been telling you, um, there has been an individual who's been arrested in connection with the shootings last night. His name is Kyle Rittenhouse. He is a 17-year-old who lives in Antioch, Illinois, and apparently he, together with others, traveled to Kenosha um, to guard, and I'm putting this in quotation marks, to to guard businesses from the the protesters. I'm I'm reading one of the accounts of this, and it's, for for anybody out there who just doesn't think that we need to get this under control, I mean, here's here, here's this. Um, organized protests ended after the 8 p.m. curfew. A lot of people decided not to leave. Um, at that point in time, unorganized chaos filled the street. Looters burned businesses. Countless cars and city vehicles were smashed. Small groups of armed civilians took it upon themselves to defend the town's businesses, with some stationed outside a gas station. And apparently the, the 17-year-old was one of those people who had traveled to the area with the idea of of defending businesses and i i'm i'm getting all sorts of emails from people including people who are upset with me for not defending the civilian militias jeff don't you realize that this is just what what's going to happen when when government fails well i i don't know about you i don't want to live i don't want to live in a community in a town where you you need to I essentially take this position that, that law enforcement loses control of, of this. I don't want to live in a place where you need armed 17-year-olds to be roaming the streets, making their own decision about what is appropriate and, and what is not. And I similarly, I don't want to live in communities where we just turn a blind eye to people who are going to use, in this case, uh, social justice concerns as their excuse to go out and to engage in acts of terrorism, burning down buildings, destroying businesses. I, I don't think any of us want to live in, in a community like that. You don't want to live in a state like that. You don't want to live in a world like that, which is why I think it is so important for civilian authorities to get things under control. And to me, that means mass Massive law enforcement presence, and again, I'm I'm concluding when I say law enforcement, I'm including you know National Guard. Yet, yes, I appreciate the governor's concern that well, we don't want them to interfere with legitimate protest rights. But first and foremost, you, the the at re, this point in time, in the history of Kenosha and Madison to another extent, that the first priority has to be restoring law and order and bringing an end to the violence that's out there. And and part of this, I I think, has been egged on by the the idea that we've been unwilling for the last couple months to identify violent protesters or terrorists as as that. And we've decided, okay, we we want to we don't want to engage the people that are engaging in, you know, bad behavior because, well, we we don't like I was saying earlier, we don't end up wanting to be on the wrong side of history. But at, at some point in time, this country these communities, our communities, depend on law and order and depend on, again, reining things in. You cannot have 
legitimate protest when one out of three protesters or one out of four or one out of five or one out of ten is there with a brick to throw at the police officers and they think that that's justified. And similarly, you, you can't have 17-year-olds armed with AR-15s wandering the streets of a city, uh, again, trying to act like the Punisher and impose their own sort of brand of justice. Can't do either one of those. Okay, let me take a quick break. If during the break they start the press conference, we'll we'll cut in and carry it. Uh, Again, we're waiting for the press conference involving the Kenosha County Sheriff, the Mayor, the County Executive, and the Chief of Police on the latest developments. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Who's ready for Super Bowl Sunday in August? WTMJ turns back the clock to 1997 and Super Bowl 31. Names like Reggie White, Brett Favre, and who can forget Desmond Howard. Tune in this Sunday at 6 o'clock to hear the Packers' third Super Bowl championship. Packers Classic is sponsored by Health Tradition, Sitzberger and Company CPAs, and West Bend Insurance. We are still waiting for the start of the press conference. We will bring it to you. Um, it's located at the Kenosha County Sheriff's Department. Uh, Kenosha County Sheriff Dave David Beth has been a frequent guest on this program and I think they're going to be announcing that the steps that they are going to be taking, including the arrest of the 17-year-old who is allegedly responsible for the shootings last night and what they're hopefully planning to do moving forward to get control of the civil unrest that's been going on in, in Kenosha. I would imagine they'll talk about what the rules are going to be and how they're going to enforce them. Presumably, they're going to be aggressively enforcing the curfew tonight. I guess we will see. Here's a text. Jeff. Stop sounding like Mr. Rogers. It's a civil war. No, it's not a civil war. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a civil war. And people need to stop taking the law into their own hands, period. What we need to do is we need to demand a more aggressive response from leadership. And it, it seems like finally... Finally, and I guess we'll wait to see, the message might be getting through to the the governor, who I think has been woefully inadequate in dealing with this, um, leading up to the events that have happened over the last couple of days. But no, this is not a civil war. And again, I don't know about you, but I don't want to live in a community where 17-year-olds from Antioch, Illinois, decide that they're going to be the ones roaming the streets, deciding um, what, what laws they're going to enforce. Similarly... I don't want to live in a community where we we don't stop people from, I don't know, going to people's businesses and throwing firebombs in and destroying everything that they've lived or they've worked for for the last 40 years. I don't want to live in a community where people think that they can take bricks or frozen bottles of water and throw them at police and then laugh if they can put a police officer in the hospital. I I think, you know, we, we have to get control of the streets, period. Now, to that point, if you follow me on Twitter, it's at Jeff Wagner 620. After this news conference, I want to kind of switch gears. There is a video that has gone viral involving a bunch of protesters, and we'll use that term in quotation marks, who decide to get extremely aggressive with a, a woman who's eating outdoors. It, it comes from the Washington, D.C. area. This is sort of like the tactic that some of the protesters, and again, I'm putting that in quotation marks, used in, in Wauwatosa a few weeks ago. Remember, there were the people that were eating out at like the Cheesecake Factory, which is the one of the restaurants that ring 
um, Mayfair Mall. And, and what the group decided to do is they decided we're going to go and we're going to harass people who are eating at this restaurant. And we're going to storm into the restaurant and we're going to have bullhorns and we're going to shout at people and we're going to encourage them to leave. We're going to try to disturb them. Well, it's an interesting video because there, there's a very large group that decides to go after this lady who's eating at an outdoor restaurant, and they they confront her. They demand that she raise her fist in support of the notion of white privilege or or whatever this is, and she refuses. And this video has now gone viral. If you haven't seen it, you can check it out. I sent it out on Twitter, and you can follow me at Jeff Wagner 620. And I guess I want to talk about whether or not those sort of tactics, whether or not they're, they're working, or whether or not when you see something like that, your reaction is, I want nothing to do with groups like this. I don't care what their purpose is. I don't care what their mission is. Don't care what they're trying to accomplish. I don't want to be associated in any way, shape, or form with people who think that this type of bullying is justified. Let's take a break. Um, when we come back, hopefully the news conference will begin. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us again. We're waiting the beginning of a news conference. It was supposed to start 22 minutes ago with the uh, Kenosha County Sheriff, the mayor, the county executive, and the chief of police apparently to announce the latest developments. I'm sure they're going to be announcing, as we just talked about, the arrest of a 17-year-old um, from Antioch, Illinois, who allegedly traveled from Antioch to Kenosha last night to be part of like a citizen's militia, which decided to protect various, quote-unquote, protect various buildings from the rioters and the looters and the fire bombers and things like that. And he's now been charged with uh, in first-degree intentional homicide in the connection of the shooting with at least one of two people. There were three people that were ultimately shot. Two were killed. My guess is there's going to be additional charges that come out of that. I would anticipate also that authorities will be perhaps giving us an account of accounting on the number of people who who were arrested. Now, this is and, and you're not hearing a lot about that, but it would be and it's always been unbelievable to me when you when you look at the carnage, whether this was what happened in, in Milwaukee initially, whether it's what's been going on in Madison on, on multiple occasions and then certainly in Kenosha over the last couple of days, you, you, you don't hear a lot about people being arrested. Given all the violence and given everything that was happening in Kenosha, it, it's almost mind blowing to me if there haven't been tens of arrests or hundreds of arrests, but I get the sense that that probably has not happened, in part because I think philosophically law enforcement has been reluctant to confront people who are engaging in criminal behavior. Secondly, I think um, in some cases, and I think this definitely happened in Kenosha, what you had is that law enforcement was just absolutely overwhelmed. And Kenosha, I mean, I think the police department's like 350-some sworn officers. It's not a huge department. And I think even though Sunday evening and certainly Monday and certainly Tuesday, you, you could see where this was going and you could argue that there should have been a much more massive police presence that was there to deal with this. Uh, you know, they, they seem to be underprepared, but hopefully they're going to talk about 
you know, whether or not arrests have in fact been made, not just in connection with the shooting last night, but also in connection with all the violence and the vandalism and the property destruction and the arson and all those things, and then announce a clear-cut plan moving forward, putting people on notice, hopefully, that now enough is enough and you're not going to tolerate citizen militias shooting people, and you're not going to tolerate people throwing bricks at cops and lighting buildings on fire and the like. Hopefully they will do that. While we're waiting for the press conference, I did want to note something that happened yesterday that getting a lot of emails on asking to explain. The um, Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, which is a conservative legal group that has been at the forefront of a lot of legislation, in my opinion, um, in my opinion, done a very, very good job over the years. I haven't always agreed with some of the positions they've taken, but it's done a very, very good job of keeping, I don't know, keeping some government agencies and some government officials from essentially taking the law into their own hands and being able to do what they want. In any event, uh, the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty had filed a lawsuit yesterday seeking to invalidate Governor Evers' emergency order that he issued in late July imposing a, a statewide mask mandate. Now, the argument that the lawsuit makes is an argument that I, I think ultimately is the correct legal one. Under the law, and again, this has nothing to do with what you think the law should be. It's what the law is. Under the law, the governor, through the Department of Health, has the ability to declare an emergency and impose various restrictions. That was the justification that Governor Evers used in his original Safer at Home order. Okay, we're going to shut down businesses. Well, we we don't have kings in this country. What we have is we have, you know, we have elected officials. And the law is that it's 60 days. Okay, I'll finish my thought in just a minute. Right now, here's uh, Sheriff David Beth. So we're going to get started. Uh, I'm Sheriff David Beth. We have Mayor John Antramian, County Executive Jim Cruiser, and Chief of Police Dan Muskinis. So we're, I'm going to kind of go in that order. I'm going to start with uh, Mayor Antramian first. Well, thank you all for being here. Um, it has been a Difficult time in the safe notion. Uh, devastating time for the community. There have been deaths that are sad. There are situations where we have an officer shooting that is being investigated and has been given to a third party, which is the state of Wisconsin, and they will be the ones who will do the investigation. And then once the investigation is done, it will be turned over to the uh, district attorney's office. What I want to talk to you about, though, today is what's going on. There are a lot of very good people in this community, and what is happening to them is wrong. People have differences of opinion. We have different concepts of how things should be done. Those are all fine, but violence in the community is not acceptable. Violence to property, violence to people, absolutely unacceptable. And it is up to us to make sure that that does not continue. We have called on many groups for support. And one of those I'd like to thank at the moment is um, Mrs. Blake, who came out and said, 
stop. This is not what her son wanted. And so I want to give a heartfelt thank you to her because she cared about the community and what was being done in her son's name. And that is appreciated. But we still have so many things that we have to deal with. And a lot of misunderstanding of what is being done in this community for the safety of the public and the safety of the community. And I want to just kind of walk through a little bit of what occurred after the shooting. The city made the request to the state for support. And Governor Evers granted the guard, the National Guard to come in. We have continually talked with him about the guard and the guard has continued its numbers into the community to help us deal with the looting and violence that has occurred. We also have had the situation where we have called for a curfew, which is 7 o'clock to 7. And that curfew is there to protect the public. We need to make sure people are off the street so law enforcement can do their job. And I think sometimes people forget that they think that because you call a curfew, it's there just so you can give tickets to everyone. It is not. It is there to protect the public. And that is so, so very important at this point in time. Kenosha is a community that in the long run will recover. We will work together to resolve our issues. We will work with the minority community to continue to move forward. And we will make this a better place to live. But it will take time. It will take healing. It will make require us to reach out to all parties of the community and actually have honest dialogue. So I'm here today basically to, number one, inform everyone that we are not planning on letting this violence continue. Uh, number two, we are going to work together to resolve the racial issues in our community, and we are going to make that work. The only other thing I'd like to add, which I forgot to say earlier, and I apologize, because now I'm a little off topic, uh, there's been a lot of talk about the uh, support from Governor Evers. Governor Evers has been very supportive to the community, and I think everyone needs to know that. They also need to know that there's this concept that the federal government is not participating in Kenosha. They are. The FBI is here. ATF is here, and the U.S. Marshals are here. So it's important for everyone to know that this has been a, a, a activity where everyone has been involved in trying to make things better. I want to leave you with one last thought. And that is, there's an, an address I've always used in all my elections and campaigns, and it's going to sound a little hokey, I suppose. A community is only as strong as its weakest neighborhood. As a country, we are only as strong as the weakest city. We need to make sure that we help create or stop this divide and this anger that is going on in this country. And that only begins with each one of us willing to honestly talk with each other. So thank you for um, listening to me. And I will now turn it over to Sheriff. Some of mine is going to mirror what the mayor said. And, and he actually reminded me that he did talk to Mrs. Blake. I talked to her for probably about 10 minutes on the phone, got her some information that she wanted about her son, told her where she had to go, what hospital to go to to see. Um, she was probably one of the calmest, nicest people I talked to that entire evening. And uh, 
and I haven't seen her, I haven't talked to her since, but she was, I agree, she was a very nice person to, and a calming person. To start off with, we got called in on Sunday after 5.30 to assist the city in a, in a shooting. Our job is to protect the scene, and it got a little uh, hairy out there as the night went on. Uh, squad cars were damaged. Uh, I've seen some uh, video taken by people. I'm very proud of our staff, the Kenosha Police Department staff, that it went out there and protected the scene calmly, uh, politely, and stood there in the face of rocks being thrown. One of the city captains got something that hit him in the back of the head and turned to the ground right in front of me. Uh, but everyone was very, on our end, was very calm that night and uh, maintained security and got out of there as, as really as well as we could. The march came downtown. The focal point for each and every demonstration that really we've seen is the building that we're in right now, the safety building. I think that's because law enforcement, the city police department, the Kenosha Sheriff's Department is, is stationed here. It is to some people, uh, to some people it's, you know, we're the bad, we're the bad people. And to the majority of the, of the community, we're the people that go out and help save and, and protect. The other part of it is the courthouse. The courthouse represents justice. And I know the people are, are looking for justice. Whatever it is, there's justice in uh, where we're found guilty and when we're found um, innocent. So I'm sure that'll come out in time. On Monday, the, the numbers grew. Our resources also grew. We put out an all call throughout the state uh, to local sheriff's departments and police departments, and they showed up in numbers, in the hundreds. We put it out to, um, we also put it out there to uh, Monday, we thought we put it out to the National Guard, and we found that we had our wires crossed. Uh, we didn't actually request the National Guard on Monday night, uh, or was it Sunday night? The first night, because we had our wires crossed. The second night, they did deliver people, and last night, they delivered more. And uh, we're very thankful for the National Guard. Like I said, we had sheriff's departments coming from all over the state of Wisconsin. They brought their personnel, they brought their uh, equipment, they brought their armored cars, uh, they brought things that we needed. The state of Wisconsin and the federal government, the FBI, ATF, uh, U.S. Marshals, they brought technology, they brought equipment too. And uh, the resources and the information that they have passed to us is immense. Uh, we have got uh, the DNR wardens that are down here that don't have riot gear. We're out every day in the face of everything. State troopers were here. The local agencies here in Kenosha and around us couldn't be brother, brothers and sisters uh, than we could ask for to come and help protect Kenosha. Uh, Tuesday, we put up a fence around this building. All of you were allowed to come in through the gate. And the reason we put the fence around here is, like I said earlier, this is a focal point for protesting, and it still was last night. They, the protesters want to come here, say their piece, which is wonderful. No one in law enforcement, no one in Stanford Free Day has any issues with uh, peaceful groups coming in here and protesting. We support that. Uh, I know that about a month ago, Mayor and I went over to one, and we, we kneeled for the kneel for nine with the group of people that were there. We were there supporting. The fence that's around these buildings, what it actually allows us to do 
because this building holds inmates. And if somehow this structure got caught on fire, um, we can't move these people that quickly to get them to a safe spot. We have to protect the inmates. And we put the fence up to help protect this campus. The first night there was probably about $300,000 damage to this campus alone. And uh, what the fence also does is it allows us to take the resources we needed to protect it, to move them out into the field on the outside of the fence and, and do an even better job of, of uh, uh, working with, with the people in our community. Last night, with the fence up, we were much more assertive in the way we handled things. Uh, shortly after 8 o'clock, the curfew went into effect. At 8 o'clock, uh, we moved out an armored car, and we basically said, you need to leave. Curfew is 8 o'clock. You're in violation of the curfew, uh, and uh, if you don't, we will be taken into custody. Uh, then uh, some left, several left. We watched on, uh, on the screen, we watched several leaving. They followed the orders, and then we, uh, when some didn't come, I don't know if I saw it live, but I don't know if you saw it, they started pelting the uh, officers over the fence with um, stones and bricks, and, and the armored car was pelted, there were Molotov cocktails thrown. Um, we gave them we gave them probably about another 10, 15 minutes, and then we, we did tear gas to help disperse the crowd. That was a, it's not something we wanted to do, but with the, with the damage and the, um, everything that went on Monday night, it was something we had to do. We had to disperse the crowd and get them moving out. The longer we let them go, the longer we let them uh, build, the uh, more dangerous the situation became. Tonight we're changing the curfew to 7 o'clock. We will uh, gladly support all the peaceful protests that are really throughout Kenosha County um, up until 7 o'clock. And after that, we asked everybody to go home. Last night, the I'm very proud of the people of Kenosha. Last night, when I went to move from this building out to the command post, I drove down the streets and there was no one on it. The people of Kenosha let law enforcement and, and all our partners do our job. They let us um, do truthfully a much better job last night than we could we could do on Monday night. And the people went stayed home. They moved their cars. They did everything we asked them to. And I want to thank the people of Kenosha for doing that. Tonight we're moving it to seven o'clock. 7 o'clock, the curfew will allow us to disperse whoever's gathered. Maybe there'll be no one, and I hope that's true, but disperse who's ever gathered in daylight. So it'll help us to be able to see better. It'll help the people to be able to see better. They won't be dispersing in dark. And we also find that after dark, we have many more issues with, with violence and, and things that go on. Um, last night during... Uh, some of the, a lot of the, we had several hundred law enforcement, um, several, a few hundred uh, National Guard, and again, I watched on, on TV, I watched these hundreds of, of law enforcement go out there and calmly go out there and first of all try to get people to leave, and then they assisted, some, many were taken into custody. And for some, it was it was truly just a uh, 
a curfew violation, but we're going to be very assertive in taking these people. If you don't follow the curfew, we're going to do our best to take you into custody for that violation. Wednesday, we have additional staffing coming from around the state. Unbelievable the amount of sheriffs and police departments that come and have offered to come both with equipment and people to come down here and help protect Kenosha County. As the mayor said, we have got the National Guard, FBI, uh, U.S. Marshal, uh, DNR, Wisconsin State Patrol, all and, and agencies from the state helping to protect this city. Last night, every day we get better. In Kenosha, we are not accustomed to riots. We're not accustomed to it. We, we pulled resources, we pulled knowledge from federal and state agencies, uh, and, and the cooperation between all of them have been incredible. Uh, there's some misinformation that, as the mayor pointed out, that, that the state isn't helping or the federal government isn't helping. Everyone's helping. Everyone is helping. Can all these different agencies round up uh, the numbers we would you know, have loved to have had on Monday night? They can't. They don't, they don't work like police agencies do. So with a few days' notice, um, these agencies were able to get more resources here. What we have been finding, and yesterday I did a couple of interviews, is social media. I don't do social media. I don't do Facebook. I think I'd be too upset all the time if I did it. Uh, but the uh, one thing that we found is that we do, get, we do get information from those sources, but there's also a lot of misinformation coming from those sources. Yesterday, as the day went on, it started off in the morning and there was very, there's almost no social media about anything happening yesterday. Almost none. By noon it had grown, by uh, early afternoon it had multiplied again. And some of the things is, all of you get, and uh, the people of Kenosha get uh, Facebook updates and, and uh, social media updates from other people and it gets passed and passed and passed. And we were getting the same misinformation on uh, Facebook uh, that, again, hundreds of times, we get the same thing, and they would actually even say, there's 30 vehicles at this location, and we'd send a squad car there, and there was no one there. So the, whoever's doing this put out this to, to scare the people of Kenosha, and it's working. It's working. What I want the people of Kenosha to know, though, is that uh, we are working hard. We're working very hard, and we're getting, we're getting better at this. And we've got more resources coming in. And we are not, like the mayor said too, we're not going to put up with what we saw Monday night. We're not going to. Is, does that mean we're going to stop it all? We aren't going to, it depends on numbers that come. We're not going to be able to stop it all, but we're going to be assertive in helping to protect the city of Kenosha in Kenosha County. And our neighbors from around the the county, state, and country are here to help, too. Um, we blocked off the interstate, and uh, uh, we picked that up. Other, other larger cities did that, and it seemed effective. And when I talked to other agencies on, on the state and federal level, they seemed that that worked. And uh, it's an inconvenience for our local people. I am so sorry. 
Sorry that we did that, but there's a reason for it. It was to help protect you. The um, uh, yesterday, I had a person call me and say, "Why don't you deputize citizens who have guns to come out and patrol the city of Kenosha?" And I'm like, "Oh hell no." The uh, and what happened last night, and I think Chief Miskinis is going to talk about it was probably the perfect reason why I wouldn't. Once I deputize somebody, they fall under the Constitution of the State of Wisconsin. They fall under the County of Kenosha. They fall under my guidance. They have to follow my policies. They have to follow my supervisors. They are a liability to me and the County and the State of Wisconsin. I don't know this for sure, but the incident that happened last night where two people lost their lives, I think they were part of this group that wanted me to deputize them. As a part of the, the county of Kenosha, that would have been, in reality, two deputy sheriffs who killed two people. I, that would, it would have been a, one, one deputy sheriff who killed two people. Sorry about that. And the liability that goes with that would have been immense. So that's one of the things that was brought up to me, and I just I said, there's no way. There's no way that I would deputize uh, people. One of the things that, that we had problems with last night is a lot of protesters come for the show. I mean, there, there's good protesters that come and pray and kneel and do all that stuff, and, and they chant, and I got no issue with that. I was, I was doing it several weeks ago, and I'm good with that. But there are some, and we've got several they come here from outside Kenosha. They come from Illinois. They come from north of us. However, we've heard uh, some people may have been arrested from Green Bay, Milwaukee. Uh, they're coming here. They have no desire to protest. And I go back to social media. One of the invitations looked like a party invitation, something you would get from your brother to come and see your niece's uh, graduation or her birthday. Come, wear your black, uh, wear your black outfits, wear black masks, bring your backpacks filled with Molotov cocktails, rocks, uh, and whatever else they may have in those backpacks. So that was the invitation that, that went out, out. And I think there's something going on tonight. I'm not exactly sure what it was. But I go back to, I think some people are thinking that I should deputize. We should have these people out there with guns under my authority. What a scary, scary thought that would be in my world. And part of the, part of the problem with this group is they create confrontation. The people walking around with guns. If I walk around with a uniform with a gun, all of you probably wouldn't be too intimidated by it because you're used to officers having guns. But if I put out my wife with an AR-15 or my brother with a, uh, a shotgun or whatever it would be walking through the streets, you guys would wonder what the heck is going on. That doesn't help us. Um, we are set up. We're going to do the curfew until uh, Sunday right now. It can change. This is all fluid. We're going to do the 7 p.m. curfew until Sunday. And it might continue afterwards. It might get finished before. It is for, at is, is this point, it's the interstate and east, a 7 p.m. curfew. 
for those that, that this uh, puts a hardship on, I'm sorry. I really, really am. But it's something we have to do. Um, I'm going to turn over to General uh, Knapp right now and let him explain what from the National Guard. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Sheriff. Uh, hello, I'm Major General Paul Knapp. I'm the Adjutant General for the State of Wisconsin in charge of uh, emergency management for the state. Number one, I want to express my condolences to the families of those involved in the tragic events of Kenosha. Next, I want to talk about with the Wisconsin National Guard and our role in supporting local authorities in Kenosha. On August 24th, Governor Evers uh, called the Wisconsin National Guard to state active duty to serve in a supporting role and assist local law enforcement in preserving public safety and the ability of individuals to exercise their First Amendment rights to peacefully demonstrate. The Wisconsin National Guard is fully engaged to serve and protect the citizens of Wisconsin on this very important mission. For the last two nights, we've sent soldiers and airmen to support local law enforcement in the city of Kenosha in protecting lives and property. We're working diligently to provide additional assistance and we're committed to meeting all the requests that we receive from civil authorities. The Wisconsin National Guard responds to formal requests from county uh, emergency managers and these requests are submitted to the State Emergency Operations Center and then with the approval of the governor, National Guard resources can be committed to support civil authorities. The Wisconsin National Guard does not self-deploy and always serves in a supporting role. We don't choose on our own where or in what capacity to engage. Uh, however, these are fluid situations and we remain responsive to requests with the governor's approval. When arriving on scene, the National Guard plays a supporting role to the local law enforcement uh, and re who remains in charge of the mission. Guard personnel will remain on mission in Kenosha for as long as civil authorities require our support. For operational security purposes, the Wisconsin National Guard will not discuss troop numbers uh, as it relates to this mission. However, we are monitor, uh, mobilizing additional forces in accordance with requests submitted by civil authorities uh, from, a, through, from and through appropriate channels. At the direction of Governor Evers, we're also working together by Emergency Management Assistance Compact, otherwise known as an EMAC request, to bring in additional resources from surrounding states uh, to augment the military police forces as needed. The events in Kenosha are tragic and our thoughts and prayers to all those involved go out to all those involved. The members of the Wisconsin National Guard are proud to serve the citizens of this great state. We stand ready to continue to support assistance to local authorities in times of crisis. The bottom line is we're your neighbors, we're your fellow residents, citizens of Wisconsin. We care about what happens here and throughout the state and we are here to support uh, the local authorities in bringing this to a peaceful conclusion. Thank you. I'd like to introduce uh, Kenosha Police Department Chief Dan Muskinis. Good afternoon. You'll notice that there, there's a theme here in that uh, there's, uh, there's concern for the public, for those that have been injured um, by the Kenosha Police Department, those injured by civilians and the injuries inflicted upon the community itself by arsonists, Molotov cocktails, 
excluding all of the violence that goes on. So uh, I want to be very clear with that. Everybody that stands before you is very committed to bringing a peaceful resolution to the issue at hand. We understand there are underlying issues that are driving this. We're not going to fix them overnight, but the commitment is here from the leaders here to do something about it. So with that, uh, there's a clear understanding that Kenosha is full of good people. Kenosha is not a community of violent people. The residents here are sad, they're scared, they're confused, but they're not violent. Peaceful protests are welcome. It is a way, it has always been a way for the American public to speak their mind. We support that, I support that as an individual. We cannot support violence. When the line crosses from stating one's opinions to taking violent actions and, and hurting people, damaging property, and generally unruly behavior, that, that must stop. It Not only is it bad for the community, it detracts from the message. The message here, the underlying message, is about racial tension and police violence. Whether or not that's a contributing factor, whether it is here in Kenosha and across the nation, those are issues that need to be worked on and addressed. When things become violent, that message is lost. It becomes all about violence. And that, that's clearly not what Kenosha is about. The, this, the people here are good people. And we're here to protect them. We've called in necessary resources to do that. And we will continue to do that to stand strong to protect all people here in Kenosha. So by now, everybody is aware that the Kenosha Police Department, uh, one of our officers, shot an individual here in the city of Kenosha, which is the, for lack of a better term, the event that triggered the unrest. Thankfully, Mr. Blake is alive and recovering from that, that incident. Um, I don't have a lot of great details about the incident because I wasn't there. The, uh, the state of Wisconsin has a, a statute and a procedure that removes the law enforcement agency in, involved in the use of force from the investigation. So you heard Sheriff Beth speak about how they came in in a supporting role. They controlled the scene to control evidence to protect the scene, to make sure that justice would be served in the end. No matter what that evidence showed, that was his job. The Kenosha Police Department steps back from that, and we become the people investigated rather than those doing the investigation. That is a recent change statutorily here in Wisconsin, one that I support, and I believe it adds transparency and uh, a greater um, oversight by some. Unfortunately, what that also brings is what you see before you today a chief who doesn't have details about the incident. So the Wisconsin Department of Justice Criminal uh, Division of Criminal Investigation, or DCI, is the investigating agency here. They are the ones who are collecting evidence, interviewing all those involved, whether it's the officer, Mr. Blake, witnesses, any host of things. They're the ones doing the, in the investigation to give it that outside view, that outside demand for justice. So I support that, and uh, we will continue to uh, um, participate in that cooperation. They will continue doing what they need to do. Um, but again, I, I don't have details to share because of the way the system works. The, uh, the support process here with DCI for us is very limited. The Sheriff's Department controls the scene. I, as a chief, have policies. We have procedures to cooperate. And that is what we do. We're not hiding behind what has been referred to by some across this nation over the years as a blue 
line of silence doesn't exist. We we don't want bad cops. There, there aren't cops here who want to go out and hurt people, right? So I, I understand that there's a difference of view, and there may be some underlying political issues that, again, as I said before, are not going to be solved. Um, I, I ask for everybody in this room, everybody listening, and the citizens here that are affected to, to allow for time for that process to play out. The decisions in that case will be made based upon evidence collected by an outside agency presented to somebody else to make that decision. The Kenosha Police Department will not come out and make a ruling one way or, in, or the other in that. So that process is in place. I believe it's fair, and I believe it's, it's a good thing for not only the citizens of Kenosha, but those across this nation. Since the incident, there have been peaceful protests and prayer vigils. There's a lot of good people out there, and there are a lot of good people who want to draw attention to underlying issues, to draw attention for the need for change, and to draw a line draw attention to the need for the potential for police reform if necessary. And I bring that last statement into effect in that I think most people I've talked to believe that there may be the need for reform, but they're not racing to judgment. They will bring up ideas, and much of it is of what we've talked about or I've heard from, from citizens are at place. They do exist. There's just perhaps not enough communication. And this, today's meeting is somewhat about that. So you have my commitment that we will try to do our best to share more information. It's just difficult when you're removed from the process to do that. So I, I ask, again, that as we move forward, that today's theme is about progress toward restoring healing and having a community that comes out of this stronger. Um, so over the last few days, Kenosha also experienced, unfortunately, looting, arson, Molotov cocktails, violence, persons injured. In addition, last night, in, in a situation that began peaceful and, and turned somewhat unruly, and it, the, the sheriff spoke about things that were thrown, hammers, bricks, violence toward law enforcement and toward the National Guard who was assisting in controlling judgment, or con controlling the, uh, the scene here and protecting those who were rightfully speaking their mind. Persons who were out after the curfew became engaged in some type of disturbance and and persons were shot. Everybody involved was out after the curfew. I'm, I'm not going to make a great deal of that, but the point is the curfew is in place to protect. Had persons not been out involved in, in violation of that, perhaps the situation that, that unfolded would not have happened. Um, so the last night, a 17-year-old individual from Antioch, Illinois, was involved in the use of firearms to reserve, to excuse me, to uh, to resolve whatever conflict was in place. The result of it was two people are dead. This is not a police action. This is not the action I believe of those who set out to do protests. It is involved. It is the persons who were involved after the legal time, involved in illegal activity, that brought violence to this community. So last night, unfortunately, a 26-year-old Silver Lake resident and a 36-year-old Kenosha resident lost their lives to the senseless violence. A 26-year-old West Dallas resident was also injured but is expected to survive. This, this case is still very active. We have investigators out now uh, still following leads and, and, and doing what we can to bring around, uh, excuse me, to bring about a closure to that. The names of those involved are not being released at this time. As I said, it's a very active investigation. 
and uh, we, we have a person in custody out of state. I'll be working to bring that person to Wisconsin to, to face appropriate charges. What I can't tell you is what led to the disturbance that led to the, the use of deadly force by this person and if both deaths are related to the same person. I don't know that at this point. Investigation, as I said, is, is very new. So we will do what we can to get more information out as it becomes available. It just simply isn't available at this time. So the Kenosha Police Department is working in concert with outside agencies to address the Kenosha County residents' concerns. But we are currently the focal point for much greater issues. We will do our part to try to be an example how we can resolve those. And I will, I will take complete ownership of the lack of media releases. So in the last five days, I've probably slept three hours. The, the demands that are placed upon the police department, the police chief, and all of its resources sometimes make this role take a back seat where I'm concerned with the protection of citizens rather than providing information. I will do a better job with that. So, so with that, I ask for your support in healing here and across this nation, and we all together can and should make a difference. Thank you. I'd like to introduce our county executive, Jim Cruiser. Thank you, Mr. Sheriff. Uh, as Kenosha County Executive, I'm saddened by these events that led, have led to this situation we find ourselves in at this moment in time. But our county is strong, it's resilient, we will get through this and come out stronger. I've always said that Kenosha County is like the biggest small town in Wisconsin. We love and care for each other, but we failed in that regard. An area that I work and pledge, along with the mayor, bringing people together of all facets of our community so we can listen, hear, learn, and move forward. My heart breaks for all those who've been injured or killed and the people and the businesses that have been impacted throughout our community and our county. We are with you. We support you. I want to thank those many people, hundreds of people, who came out and cleaned up after every morning after destruction has, has taken place. They boarded up businesses, cleaned up the sidewalks, they're the silent heroes out there just helping Kenosha get back together. Make no mistake that if you're coming out to our county to do harm or damage to our community, you'll be arrested and prosecuted. This is not or will not be tolerated. I want to thank the National Guard, Major General Paul Knapp, for the ongoing significant support and the many state and federal agencies that are all making up a robust law enforcement presence here and that support our community. Um, seeing these gentlemen work behind the scenes, there's not a hitch in the get State, federal government, local governments, every agency involved that's already been named at this press conference. It's proud to, be, to see that team pulling together to move forward. I want to urge everyone here and the good people of Kenosha to stay home after curfew and to keep the demonstrations peaceful and let's show the world we are united, a united community that I know we can be and will be better in the future. And God bless all of us and those who have been affected by this 
incident and situation. Thank you. Now, some of you I know very well. Some of you have probably texted me through the night and uh, when I was trying to get my two hours sleep. Uh, and I know that we didn't answer all your questions. And I'm going to let you know that there's no way we can answer everyone's questions in here. Uh, but we will, we will give you like 15 minutes or so to answer the ones that we can. Uh, and just so you know, don't feel like you have to get your answers right now. We are going to do uh, something like this every single day. And I believe it's going to be at 1 o'clock every single day until this whole thing passes so we can get information out to people of Kenosha, people of the state of Wisconsin, and truly this country of what's going on here in Kenosha. So, um... Okay, this is Jeff Wagner. You've been listening to the ongoing press conference involving Kenosha officials. Now it's they're going to turn it over to the media for various questions. We'll continue to monitor that. Um, I guess one of the questions I had in the, the press conference was a little bit short on facts. I, I was I was hoping that they were going to come out and and talk about the extent of the damage, the the number of arrests that have been made. They they alluded to the fact that there have been arrests made. You know, this is the number of people we've arrested. These are what the charges are going to be brought, etc. Maybe a little bit more details on the arrest of the individual from last night. So, um, in any event, that perhaps that will be be drawn out, if not today, um, in the near future. We'll take a quick break, then be back with more of the program in just a moment. You're listening to. WTMJ Milwaukee. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. Milwaukee Bucks basketball. In about 20 minutes or so, the Bucks have a chance to close out their series against the Orlando Magic. If they win today, they advance to the uh, Eastern Conference with semifinals against the Miami Heat, and we'll bring you the coverage, like I say, in about uh, 18 minutes or so. All right, I, I want to move off the, the, the Kenosha. The press conference is, is still going on. There'll be more details that emerge, and hopefully cooler heads will prevail tonight. I, I, I teased this before. If you follow me on Twitter, it's at JeffWagner620. I, I sent out a link to this, this video, which has, I always hate to say it, it's gone viral because it's such a cliche, but it has gone viral, and it's one of these examples of, where I, I think that the protest movement is is jumping the shark, to use that phrase. Here, here's what happens. It's a demonstration Monday evening in Washington, D.C., and it's it's based on, again, people who are outraged over what happened in Kenosha. So there, there's, uh, in, in Washington, D.C., like in all sorts of cities, they, they have these restaurants that are set up for outdoor dining. And there's, there's patrons. They're sitting there and they're at tables that are along, you know, on, on the sidewalks that are in front of the different restaurants. And so what happens is there's a woman who's eating at one of these restaurants. And you have this large group of protesters who go up to her and confront her and start screaming at her demanding that she and all the other people that are eating outside demand that they raise their fists in a show of solidarity. They start chanting, white silence is violence. Protesters chanted, many with fists in in the air. And what they're, they're demanding is that all these people that are outside who are now being swarmed by all these protesters, the protesters are demanding that all these people raise their fists in the air as well in a in a sign of of solidarity with the the group 
All right. Now there's this one lady who she's not raising her fist. So she's she's just decided for whatever reason she she is not going to give in to this mob. And and she's just like, you know, there you can see the the video. She's just like backing off. These people are screaming in her face as she refuses to raise her fist as demanded by the mob. The footage of this has now gone viral, and like I say, you can, you can if you follow me on Twitter at Jeff Wagner six twenty, I've got a link to it. Our number eight five five six one six one six twenty. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I think bullying like this by these protesters, and that's what it is. It is bullying. Well, there's a, a one of the, the tweets I'm looking at from David French who says it's pathetic. It's dangerous and it's incredibly counterproductive to what the protest movement is trying to be. And candidly, if this is what the protest, the social justice protest movements are going to evolve, devolve into, which is confronting people as they're sitting at their tables or whatever, surrounding them and screaming, demanding that they join the movement or raise their fists or whatever. Okay, this movement is doomed. 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right. Is this legitimate protest? Is it effective protest to now scream at people as they're sitting there eating their meals at sidewalk cafes? Is this something that makes you more inclined to want to join the group? Or do you look at this and say, man, I don't want to be part of anything that people who will do this are associated with? And candidly, I think it, that's exactly what it is. You want to turn off people. You use tactics like this. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. How would you react if somebody did something like this to you? We discuss in just a moment. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. Jeff, black man here. This is not what John Lewis meant by protest. This was bullying. I would not have raised my fist either. Um, let's see. A lot of Jeff, these people are obnoxious and counterproductive. If they get in my face, um, they would get kicked in the groin. Well, maybe that's figuratively. Jeff, this is one of those cases where you're asking a question you always already know the answer to. Well, maybe, maybe not. Nobody is going to support those yahoos. There are a few things more annoying in life than having somebody scream in your face at the top of their lungs. Jeff, I would not raise my fist with someone like that. It turns me off to the cause completely. Completely. Jeff, never would I do this. I loathe bullies. 855-616-1620. Let's talk to Jerry in Milwaukee. Jerry, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. Uh, this is getting to be so ridiculous. We're becoming a lawless nation. And the other thing about this is beginning to be more like reverse discrimination. We're going to have more discrimination when this whole event is over than we had before. And a prime example is our chief of police here in Milwaukee, who got demoted because he tried to keep law and order. Yeah, uh, it's it's just ridiculous. Well, Jerry, I mean, I think there there is definitely there is definitely a, a backlash that that, it, that is out there. And again, the reason I'm I'm talking about this case is that this story's gone national. You know, you you had this going on in Wauwatosa a few weeks ago, and and it all started with some of the the protesters out in Wauwatosa. Uh, 
who who decided, and it was a re- relatively small group, that they're, they're going to go out and they're going to assault the Cheesecake Factory, you know, the restaurant that's in the, the perimeter of, of Mayfair. And, and they went into the outdoor dining area. This was the first time. And people with bullhorns screaming at the people who were there eating, telling them to leave. Okay? And now look, and a lot of people got up and left. And I guess the, the protesters viewed that as a sign of success. So we chased these people off. Okay, what did you really accomplish? All, all you did is you got people who said, I, I just, I'm here to enjoy a quiet meal or talk to my friends or my family or whatever and, and now all I've had is the these crazy yahoos who've come out and they're screaming at me and I, I just don't I don't want to engage them I don't want to be part of it but I think most people say okay I certainly don't want to be part of of this cause. I, I don't want anything to do with people who will use those tactics. So you saw that out in Wauwatosa, and, and now you, you saw it in D.C. I mean, all these people, uh, raise your fist, raise your fist. Well, that that's just that's just bullying to, to do this. Um, here's a text, Jeff. I would feel threatened and fear for my safety. Um, I would probably reach for my pepper spray. Well, you, you kind of wonder that. Jeff, um, I would raise my fist. But a certain finger would also stand out. Well, you, you do, you, you know, you, you wonder how that you react to this. Jeff, why isn't this considered a terrorist act? Well, it's not a terrorist act. It's just, it, it's arguably disturbing the peace. It's annoying. But th- this is, this is what's kind of going on with this protest movement now. And I guess my point is that there are people who are sympathetic to the cause of, of some of these social justice movements. But if, if now the movement is going to devolve into, hey, we're going to go out and we're going to scream in your face and demand that you raise your fist. Apparently, there was one so-called journalist who was in this group, and he was amazed that this woman raise, wouldn't raise her fist. And she said, well, everybody else raised their fist. Why, why wouldn't you raise your fist? And the woman said, I didn't feel like raising my fist. I, I'm not going to be intimidated into doing what you want me to do just because you're loud and you're screaming at me. And I think that that's that's the way a lot of people feel. Maybe it's the silent majority, but I think people who are like trying to ratchet up these protests to try to get more attention, they'd probably be well to consider, you know, what what are you going to do to bring people over to your cause and essentially verbally assaulting people as they're trying to eat dinner I don't know that that's a tactic that wins hearts and minds. Back with more in just a minute. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us. Milwaukee Bucks basketball coming up in just a couple minutes. By the way, the, the lady in this this video who's candidly one of my one of my heroes of the day. She's 49 years old. Her name is Lauren Victor, and uh, Victor is her last name. And you know, and she's she's getting all this attention, and people are asking her, "Okay, why didn't you just comply? You, you've got the, this angry group of crazies." who come up to you as as you're eating dinner outside and they start screaming at you, you know, demanding that you raise your fist in acknowledgement of of whatever white privilege or or however they want to interpret it and and show support for solidarity for their movement. And, And she says, you know, she says, I, you know, I felt like I was, I was under attack and, and, People in this group are just amazed. Like, why? Well, why wouldn't you just, you know, go go along with it? You've got a hundred and hundred and fifty people that are are screaming at you. You know, isn't it just easier to do what they tell you to do? And you know, her response is, 
well, you know, I, I only do this because it didn't feel right. And she said, you know, they seem to think that just because they can force or bully or coerce all these other people to raising their fist, that means they're sympathetic to the cause, when actually it doesn't. It just means the people are going along because they want the group to leave. And maybe it feel, makes the group feel better, but they're not accomplishing anything. Okay. A lot of ground to cover on tomorrow's show. I am back 12 noon when we do this all again. Have a great Wednesday. Go Bucks, Go Brewers. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ.